Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hello, everybody. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Glad you're here. We have another great episode for you, as always. I don't think we've ever had a bad episode. I, you know what? I take that back. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, we interviewed a guy, Alex and I did. And uh, man, I, I was completely lost five minutes into it. I had no idea what he was talking about. And Alex texted me while the guy was talking. Do you know anything that this guy is saying? And we were texting back and forth. It was the weirdest interview I've ever done. And um, so I probably will not release that. I'll probably not release that. But we got a good guest on today. And I'll tell you about him in just a minute. Uh, I will say, listen, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, realestateinvestingmastery.com, and check out our Fast Cash Survival Kit. And leave us a review on iTunes. If you like the show, let us know. And one of the best ways you can let us know that you like the show is go to iTunes, leave us a review, leave us a review in Stitcher if you listen on Stitcher. And we'd really, really appreciate it. It means a lot. Pretty soon, actually, if they haven't already, Google Play is also releasing uh, not a new podcast app, but a, a Google Play Music will now have podcasts pretty soon. And that becomes, I think it's native on all of the Google Android phones. And so if you're listening on a Google device... Um, and there's a way in there. I'm not, I've not even seen it yet. If there's a way in there for you to leave reviews on Google Play, would appreciate that as well. So I have a special guest today, and I hope I pronounce his name right. It's Haim. Is that right? Yes, sir. Haim, where are you from? Originally from Israel. Born and raised in Israel. Wow, really? Okay. And uh, where do you live now? San Francisco, California. Beautiful place. I love San Francisco. Where, where in the Bay Area do you live? Uh, in San Francisco, actually, in the ah. city of San Francisco. The best city in the world. Well, I don't know if I'd say that. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I mean, there's, it depends, like, where in the city of San Francisco you live in, right? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, man, it's so fun there. It's, it's a beautiful place to live. The thing I love about San Francisco is you're an hour or two hours away from the North Coast, from mm-hmm. Napa Valley, Sonoma, from Lake Tahoe, from Monterey Bay. Yeah. Um, we, we would go to Half Moon Bay when I used to live there. And we'd go oh. and get some lobsters. Oh, nice. And, uh, and uh, not lobsters, crabs. And we'd take yeah. them back and, and have some crab <laughs> legs. And it was, I mean, anywhere in San Francisco, within a 15-minute drive, uh, maybe 10 minutes, you can be in a park completely surrounded by nature. Yeah. It's, it's so, so pre- beautiful there. So, so Haim, um, how do you pronounce your last name? Uh, Maman Palman. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. And so how long have you been in the United States? Uh, 14 years now. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. The reason I asked you to be on the show, Haim, is you, you, I think you posted something in the Wholesaling House's full-time Facebook group. Yeah. You were traveling in, I think you were taking some pictures of you and your family from Japan. Is that right? That's right. And you said something on there about how you were wholesaling deals while traveling. Is that right? Yes, I do do that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, whoa, yes. Anytime <laughs> I can find somebody that does that, I, I, so I messaged you on Facebook and I said, hey, can we talk on the podcast? And you said yes and graciously Said, uh, yeah, that's this is like literally the first time that we've ever talked. I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I again, I, I purchased your courses before, and I listened to a lot of your podcasts. So it's kind of fine. It's it's it sounds funny that I speak with you and I just not listen to a podcast now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but now you're on the podcast. That's right. So I just want to ask you some questions, time about. Um, your history and how'd you get started in real estate? And then how did you start wholesaling deals while traveling around the world? So uh, how'd you get started in real estate? Um, my, I just wanted to buy rentals. That was my first goal to buy enough 
rental properties um, to supplement my income so I can retire. That was my initial goal in real estate. Um, but after buying my, my first, my second uh, in California, I ran out of cash and I was looking to buy in, in other markets. So um, came across Memphis, uh, decided to, to buy my, my first out-of-state um, rental, uh, purchased another one. And, and just I knew the market uh, because I spoke with a lot of agents, a lot of contractors, a lot of realtors, um, and, and decided, you know what, let's, let's try to wholesale uh, in Memphis because I know Memphis better than the Bay Area now. Um, hmm. and, and started to, to wholesale to the company that I purchased my turnkey uh, property was from. That, was that Memphis Invest? Memphis Invest, that's right. Um, and since then, again, I just saw that it's possible, uh, it's doable, and decided to to do it uh, part time for about uh, uh, two years almost. Uh, and about six months ago, last September, uh, I'm full time real estate investor. Um, so that's pretty cool. I was able to quit my nine to five job and and do it full time. Awesome. So. Um, let's go back to Memphis. You were buying houses there. Mm -hmm. And how many, how, how many years ago was that? Um, my first property, I think was in 2012. Okay. And how many did you buy? Uh, at one point I had uh, seven properties, but I don't like rentals anymore. Okay. So, um, I dropped it to right now. I think in Memphis, I own only two. Okay. And so you, Memphis Invest obviously is a big player. They buy yep. a lot of properties. And so you started wholesaling properties to them. Is that right? That's right. They are the, my main buyers um, until today. Oh, until today? Until today, yeah. I still wholesale uh, oh, okay. probably 70% of my deals up to three months ago to Memphis Invest and other turnkey companies in Memphis. Now, are you not selling to them anymore? Uh, I do. I just have more buyers, and yeah. and you know it's very hard to fit their criteria. Um, so again, probably my last property I wholesale to them was about a month and a half ago or two months ago. Okay. And so that's pretty cool. I did. I think you you probably discovered early on that. It's easier to get faster cash. It's easier, it's faster to get more cash wholesaling properties than just buying and getting some cash flow and managing tenants, right? I yes. I, there's too many factors that beyond your control with rentals, and especially when you do it out of state, um, it's just more challenging. I would say. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and I loved how you, you found a buyer first and you decided, well, you know what, I'm just going to find deals because you, you probably asked Memphis Invest what kind of deals you're looking for and they told you, right? Exactly, yes. So what did you do to start going and finding the, those properties? Um, the first thing was just speaking with a lot of agents because I, I wanted to buy not through a turnkey uh, and I did a lot of research and, and asked a lot of agents to, to send me what they have as soon as they have something that I can buy with equity. And, and sure enough, one agent gave me a call, gave me a call one day and it matches exactly the criteria for Memphis Invest and locked it under contract and sent it over to Memphis Invest and did a negotiation back and forth over the email and reached an agreement and we closed a week later. Excellent. And how much did you make on that deal? My first deal was thirty five hundred. Okay, good. And how many would you say you've wholesaled in Memphis since then? Since then, I'm probably around a hundred deals or more. Excellent, awesome. And yeah. so, do you, what percent of your deals are you finding from realtors? Believe it or not, it's seventy to eighty percent from the MLS. Wow. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Are you farming through the MLS looking for deals or are they bringing you deals? No, it's, uh, it's funny. So I have two virtual assistants 
that all they do is submitting offers on MLS properties uh, from the Philippines. That's all they do. Uh, so it's about the average is 150 to 200 offers per week. And are you just you're just faxing these offers to the agents? Is that right? No, it's everything through Podio. So um, they they pull the information from Realtor.com based on very specific criteria of zip codes and size and and, and other criteria that I gave them. Uh, they they want a basic comp analysis. They, there is a formula that calculates everything in the background uh, based on the square footage, and it just spit an offer. From Podio uh, with uh, proof of funds uh, attached to the email, and and they're just submitting offers um, all day long. <laughs> so, how many did you say a week? About 150. The goal is 200, but a lot of time there is not enough listings available available for them. Um, so I just started to go to another market. Is that just in Memphis? It's just in Memphis. I have no idea there would be that many. To make offers on. Yeah, sometimes they can't um, get to 200. So the average drop down. Uh, that's why I decided that we have to go to another market because this strategy, strategy has been working for me. So why not try to do it in another market? So are you, you're, are you just emailing the offers to the agents? Yes, it's just an email, in email form. With, I'm just attaching a proof of funds with, again, a template for the email. And it's just changing the the address, obviously, and the and the offer amount, and the agent name, and that's it. Pretty simple. That is really cool. And you're not so you're not creating the contract. You're no. not writing up the realtor standard contract. No, 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 no. It's you're, a email, email form. Beautiful. And you attach a real proof of funds. Yes, that helps a lot. Nice and. Uh, what um a hundred deals and how many over how many years has that been? Uh, I would say the first one was in two thousand and three. Um two thousand thirteen? Yes, two thousand thirteen. Okay. Um are you doing any other kind of marketing right now? Yes, I do direct mail. Um I do bandit signs. And now I have a, a partnership with, with another two wholesalers uh, for online marketing. So that's the avenue that I have right now for, for marketing. And you're doing all of this while living in San Francisco? I'm doing it, yes, yes. I, I, I live in San Francisco, all the deals, the wholesale deals in, in Memphis. And I never speak with sellers and I rarely speak with buyers. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> This works. I see. Works. I get I get so excited about this because <laughs> I've been doing it for years, and I've been teaching this to hundreds, if not thousands, of people. Mm-hmm. And when you meet somebody like Haim that is actually doing it, you're thinking, Lee. I'm thinking, yes, <laughs> this is yeah. so awesome. Yeah, I like again. You you um, you had a co wholesaler um, system program, and I'm kind uh-huh. of modified it, and I don't do it exactly as you do, but I took a lot of information from. From your teaching, for sure. Thank you, man. That's awesome. And you're doing it, you're managing it all in Podio, right? Yes, everything in Podio. That's the brain of the system. Everything goes there with a lot of automation. Um, I, I do have the, the dashboards in, in your system, the, the first one, uh, and yeah. I love it. That's pretty much took my business to the next level, Beautiful. I think. Wow, awesome. <laughs> yeah. So awesome. All right, so I want to kind of dive in a little deeper in this stuff, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, you have you're doing some marketing. Most uh, uh, you, I think you said seventy, eighty percent of your deals come from the MLS, right? Yes. Um, you have two VAs that are doing this all for you. Yes, in the Philippines. Yes. Wow, it's amazing. Um, and you you have um, buyers. Yes. You've done a lot of deals with Memphis Invest, but you've also found your own buyers. How do you find buyers? Uh, buyers of several ways. Uh, Craigslist, it's a big source. So my VA is one of their tasks is to post ads on Craigslist on a, on a daily basis. Um, 
I have a website um, and also networking, uh, bigger pockets, um, and Facebook. So that's yeah. my my main sources of, of bringing buyers um, and agents actually, and agents. Agents also bring a lot of buyers as okay. well. Good, good. Do you do any Facebook ads? I I do to sell deals, not to for buyers, but it's something that I want to do as well. Okay. Um, you're doing some direct mail. Are you? I, I'm assuming you 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 have a target market in Memphis. You know the good zip codes and the bad zip codes, right? Correct. Yes. So when you do your sell your direct mail, you're targeting those good zip codes. Correct. And a lot of that just comes from experience, right? You know the areas that are going to sell well or not. Yes, I initially I was looking where all the turnkey companies buying properties. So that was kind of the reverse wholesaling, if you will. Sure. Uh, because I, I knew there is a lot of turnkey companies, and I know that they buy in very specific areas and very specific type of property. So I just went to the websites of all the turnkey companies, and I saw all the zip codes of the properties that they, they have on the website, and I started from there. That's initially uh, how I went about it. And, and later, I would just do a, re- a research, again, based on the most active zip codes um, from list source. Uh, I just target the, the, the top 20 to 30% of all the cash transactions and based on my marketing and uh, based on that. Okay, good. Now, your direct mail... Your bandit signs, where do those leads go? They, they go to CoreRail. So I have multiple numbers for each uh, marketing campaign. And, and they go to another virtual assistant that is based in the U.S. Uh, and she's taking all the phone calls live. Uh, I did try to have my virtual assistant in the Philippines to do this task. It didn't work for me. Uh, I, I, I did try pet live. To do that, and it it's also didn't work for me. And now I have someone that works full time, and she lives in Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah. And but all the calls goes to her. Okay. And what does she do with the calls? She do the the building the report. She's uh, gathering information, um, determine motivation, and book appointments for my acquisition person on the ground. So she just asks some basic questions, determines the motivation, and sets an appointment. Pretty much, yes. And you have an acquisitions guy on the ground. Yes, I have boots on the ground because I have to. I live in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, and he's the only person that's uh, in Memphis. Uh, and he goes on appointment. Okay, cool. And um, is he like a wholesaler as well himself? Or did you find him and train him and all of that? Uh, it's he used to be a wholesaler that I I, I used to do deal with, uh, but I offered him to join the team, and now he, he he does it only for me. He doesn't do any wholesale deals for himself, so he's he's acting as as my acquisition person. Um, so he's not wholesaling; he's just getting a percentage of the deal and and a base salary. Do you mind if I ask you how much you're paying him? What sure. base and what? percents of the deal yes so in initially i was paying him only 50 dollar per property that he was going to check he took pictures video and gave me a rough repairs estimate this is how we started uh, but after he was going to more than 15 appointments it made sense to have a different structure uh, so now i pay him 350 dollar per week um, and 15 percent of of the spread of the net profit if he's the one who negotiates and get the contract. If he's not, he's just getting a base salary. Okay. That's pretty good. That's really good. And uh, how many deals a month are you averaging about right now, Haim? Uh, I would say five to seven. Again, February I had seven was the big my, my best month to date. But uh, I had three at four, so I would say five. If I had to give you a number, it would be five. Nice. And what's your average profit on each deal, if you don't mind me asking? Yes, it's uh, seven to eight thousand. Beautiful. Now, Haim, somebody would look at Memphis and think, 
it's such a small market and it's so competitive. You have these huge companies there that are picking up every deal. Mm -hmm. How, why is there, how is there room for a little guy like you to actually go in and wholesale deals? But that's not the case, is it? Uh, it's not a case. Again, I believe that there's room for everyone. It's just being in the right place at the right time, um, being consistent with marketing, um, closing on deals and not walking away from deals to have a good reputation of uh, a good wholesalers that uh, give good deals with equity. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's the key because there's a lot of wholesalers out there that... Um, they just don't either they just shopping other people's deals and and, and I don't like to shop other people's deal uh, and just present yourself as a professional you have professional marketing and um, just being respectful and I think when you do that I think you have a room again as long as you have the deals of course yeah uh, it doesn't matter where you are as long as the numbers work for the end buyer they don't care uh, where where do you live and that you you're not even in the mar in their own market. So, um, again, this is the real buyers. They they really don't care about who I am, where I'm from, as long as the numbers work for them. Yeah, I think the key to your success has been having those good buyers, isn't it? Um, good deals, you know, and good deals for sure. I think buyer real buyers will not buy any deal. You know, you have to have good deals. Sure. Uh, and just establish relationship with, with your buyers, you know, getting to know them and, and know exactly what they need. And they will buy anything you bring them that fit their criteria. Good, good. And how much direct mail are you sending a week, Haim? I would say anywhere between 1,500 to 2,000 postcards or mailers or, or letters. A week? A week. Good. And do you mind if I ask what kind of lists are you targeting? Several lists. Occupied owners with high equity, yeah. um, 65 years or older. It's a good list. Yeah. Brought me a lot, a lot of deals. Absentee owners uh, with equity. Yeah. Um, that's also a good one. Uh, I do use uh, Ken Claudier, Find Motivated Sellers Now system. Yeah. Good. But brought me deals. I do inheritance and probate, but haven't had very good success with the, with these last two de uh, lists. Um, and that's the main one. Yeah. This is the main one that I hit consistently. Good, good. And talk a little bit about, Haim, how do you evaluate your deals? When you are getting ready to make an offer, what are some of the things that you and your team look at to make come up with an offer? A few things. First of all, the after repair value. And we do it through Zillow. Uh, but we don't look at the Zestimate, we're looking at the recent sale. And Zillow and Memphis have pretty good data. Yeah. Uh, you, you can see, again, even for, you can see deals that close in April, and they're pretty good. And as long as they are similar square footage, similar number of bedroom and bathroom, uh, we'll use it as a solid comp. So we want to see at least two to three comps in the area of the subject property. We need to see pictures, and we have uh, three grades. For uh, rehab costs, we have light rehab, uh, medium rehab, and and heavy rehab. And again, we have a, a dollar figure per square foot based yeah. on each grade. And it just calculates based on the square footage of the house. So if it's a, a light rehab, so it's $8 per square foot. Um, I think we got 12 per medium and 15 for heavy or full rehab. And it just calculates automatically based on pictures alone and, and feedback from the person who goes to appointment. We're taking 70% of the ARV minus repairs minus our fee, and that's our offer price. That sounds really complicated. <laughs> it's not because everything is done in Podio. So, yeah, yeah. So, well, that's but, powerful. It's good. But it's ARV times 0.7 minus repairs minus my fee, basically, if we want to simplify. Yeah. And so you get it under contract? That's the offer that you make, whether it's an MLS or a deal that comes from the mail, right? From direct yes. mail? Yes. And uh, you add on your fee on top of that? No, no. That's, again, it's, it's minus my fee. So it's, Sure. It's, okay. Right. But when you're advertising the house, you just... Uh, I add my fee, yeah. When yes. I advertise, yeah, of course. And the cool thing about making offers on the MLS is you can tell from the pictures 
Yes. What uh, kind of condition it's in? Exactly. So that's one of the conditions of for the VAs to look at the pictures. So and based on that to estimate the repairs for the for the offer. Very good. All right. So you're, you know, Memphis is not a big market, and it sounds to me like you've got a simple system that you can now start scaling. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you looking at expanding into other markets? Yes, I just started last week um, to market in Louisiana. Oh, cool. Yeah. What, uh, I, one of my uh, students, um, I never talked to the guy because he's doing so many deals. Okay. <laughs> uh, he's crushing it right now in Lafayette, Louisiana. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Um, and it's a great, Louisiana is a great market. Um, I don't know about New Orleans, but because New Orleans is its own is its own uh, unique beast, but then uh, the the mar- the economy there has been hit hard, and the guy was telling me that the there's tons of deals to be found, and still a high demand for housing, mm-hmm. and a lot of investors, turnkey investors, property investors that are wanting to buy rentals are looking at Louisiana, Alabama, okay. Mississippi, looking for deals. So there's a demand for housing there too, which is a perfect storm. Yeah. Good for you. Um, I like the cash, the the, the cash flow markets to yeah. target, mm-hmm. um, because you can get the buy and hold buyers and the fix and flip buyers. So, uh, which is hard to do in in markets like San Francisco, California. For sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Cash flow. Those are the best buyers to sell to. Yes, I know. They'll buy as many as you can give them. That uh, yes. they're good. Um. Do you uh, let me ask you, Heim? Do you when you do any marketing? Do you do any direct mail marketing for buyers that are maybe buying in other markets and try to point them to Memphis or your other? No, I, I haven't done it. Uh, and again, in my case, I haven't found a lot of good response for direct mail to buyers. That's, okay, uh, based on my experience, but I haven't done it a lot, so can give you again um, based on a, a lot of data, but. From the few mailers that I've, I've done, uh, the response was very low for now, buyers. Are you offering any turnkey services or are you just selling the houses as is? No, no, I'm just selling the house as is. Uh, I, I do do a few fix and flip. I cherry pick the, the ones that I like and I, I fix them and flip them in Memphis. Um, but I don't offer turnkey. Now, if you're, you're targeting um, properties for landlords... I know in my experience in some Midwest markets, it's hard to get an ARV on a house, right? Because there is no after-repair value. It's usually just landlords that are buying these houses. It's not owner-occupants that are buying them. So what do you do if you're, if you're making an offer on a property in an area where the average sale price is 40, 50 grand? Or do you staying out of those markets? Do you understand what I'm saying? Can you repeat the question? Well, there's some markets. Let me just use St. Louis as an example. Okay. You know, the median home price in St. Louis is maybe a hundred twenty-five, hundred and fifty thousand dollars, depending on which area you're looking at. Okay. And then most of the landlord buyers, the cash flow buyers, are buying properties that are under seventy-five thousand dollars, seventy-five thousand dollars and below. You can buy a house, put a few grand in it, and rent it for a thousand bucks. Okay. Which is a really good deal. It's a good mm-hmm. return on investment. You're looking at maybe 10 to 12% ROI, cash on cash, net, after right. all your expenses. Mm-hmm. But if you're using the formula to make offers of 70% of ARV, sometimes it's hard to get a real ARV in those neighborhoods <clears throat> because not a lot of homes are being sold there to retail buyers, to owner-occupants. Does that make sense? Yes, but yeah, most of my end buyers are investors uh not the owner occupied so so but are they they're buying these for cash flow and renting them out right uh, not necessarily sometimes the turnkey companies are flipping the properties to a buy and hold investors so they still looking at the deal as a fix and flip okay uh, i see i see what you're saying is that does that make sense yes but because I, I make my offers i calculate my offers based on what roi i can sell it for so if I'm calculating my offer, mm-hmm. I work backwards from the rents. If I know it can rent for a thousand bucks, and I know my buyer wants twelve percent on his money, mm-hmm. net, 
I'll calculate my offers backwards from that. Got uh, it. Is, do you? But you're saying you just based them on an ARV on and after repair yes. value. Yes, yes, yes. On ARV, I don't worry about the what would be the the return on investment for a buy and hold investor. Some, sometimes I, w- I will provide it to them just to show them that it's going to be a great uh, property to keep in the rental portfolio. Um, but I don't um, make my offers based on the return on investment okay. in general. When, do you have your VAs also looking at what similar properties are actively listed for? Yes. Yes, they they want to they want to have my offer price uh, below any other properties that are available on the market. Okay. So, yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. So you're looking at other markets. Um, now you're traveling, right? You have a family. You have kids. I have two kids, uh, and we love to travel. That's why I, I I started this virtual business because I want to travel a lot with my family. Um, and I want to spend the summer in Israel with my extended family. So nice. Uh, it's going to be the third summer that we'll be in Israel for two months, and and I will still run the business from Israel. So good for you. And that was kind of the vision. So now I'm just living living it as a as a reality. So it's pretty cool. How old are your kids? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a ten year old boy and an eight year old daughter. Okay, right on. Yeah. And uh, so you get to travel on the summers, which is amazing. Yes. I saw a picture of you in Japan recently. Yes, we just were in the we're in Japan spring break. So, we had a chance to to be there and it was an amazing experience. We loved it. Good. How long were you there? 2 weeks. Beautiful. All right. Yeah. And so you how many times have you been to Israel for the summer? So this year will be our my my third time. Okay. Nice. And you were doing deals while there. What are some of the challenges that you faced while doing deals living in in, in Israel? The time zone, uh, the time difference. Obviously, it's yeah. ten it's ten hours apart, so I just need to adjust my my schedule. Um, and other than that, it's, it's it's sometimes I do do double uh, double close when I need to wire my funds. So that's been a challenge. So when I'm traveling, I need to do only assignment. So I just need to think about that. So no REO or short sales while I'm traveling. Well, do you do you have a U, you have a US based bank account, right? I do. Can't you cannot or can you is it is it a challenge from Israel to log into your US bank account and transfer money from there? Does that make sense? They, yeah, they want again the, the bank that I'm working with won't let me wire funds because I don't have a, an office. Uh, that it's locked and uh, they see it as a as a again not as a risk that anybody can yeah so um, they will allow it if I have a fixed office that it's locked with a, a PC with a password protected but just on a on a laptop traveling the world uh, they have an issue with that you know I just need to find the right bank to do it for me but I haven't found one yet. That's interesting. I guess I've used. A, I have a local assistant. Okay. And when I travel, my local assistant just handles everything at the bank for me. Um, if there's any time when I need to sign something, mm-hmm. um, we would do an overnight uh, express DHL or something like that. But um, that's very interesting. It, you might consider um, eventually hiring a local assistant. Um, mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. Your bank, though, it has to be. Are they concerned that you don't have an office in Memphis or you don't have an office in San Francisco? I don't have an office at all. I don't have an office. Well, okay, uh, all right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't have an office. I have a virtual business. So that's. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> you can well, you can still have an office with a and a virtual business at the same time. Yeah, but uh, you, you got it dialed in. I, that's so cool, though. I think it's amazing. <laughs> Um, how did you find your VAs, Haim? The the one in the Philippines, I used the virtual staff finder, okay. uh, which again, after trying multiple VA through Upwork, Odesk, Elance, uh, uh, it just didn't work for me. So they found me the right one. You know, I paid my fee, but it saved me a lot of time, and they found the right guy for me. Uh, who after three months brought his brother. 
to work. So you really, you really do listen to my podcast and go into my courses, don't you? I do, I do, <laughs> I do. <laughs> That's so awesome. All right, so virtualstafffinder.com. You paid about five hundred bucks, like a headhunting fee, and they find you three VAs. Yes. And uh, they don't have to have excellent speaking English, right? Because they're not talking to anybody, really. No, for, for me, they don't speak with sellers. Uh, they're just doing computer-related activities. Okay. Uh, and I have my, my U.S.-based VA uh, who's speaking with sellers. Uh, I found her on Indeed.com. Indeed.com. Yeah. All right. And uh, if you don't mind me asking, how much do you pay her? Or give me a uh, range if you don't want to talk. Uh, one day, I would so uh, around fifteen hundred for for two weeks. Okay, that's not bad. And she gets to work from home. She gets to work from home. Is she full time? She's full time. Yeah. Okay. Why did you pick Indeed? I've never really even looked at this before. If just. Sean Terry, I think I listened to his podcast, um, and this is one place that he recommends uh, to find good salespeople, um, and that's that's what I did. So did you did you post a job or did you? Yeah, yeah, I did post a job okay. as an employer, um, and I had people submitting resumes. I just was interviewing a few people and picked the right one. Excellent, good for you. Um, I have never used this site, but I've recommended it for years, HireMyMom.com. And okay. it's, uh, we interviewed somebody from San Diego once and they actually took our advice, went to HireMyMom.com and found somebody there. And they intentionally wanted somebody from the South that had a sweet Southern accent. Uh-huh. And, uh, this lady has been working with them for years now and is actually negotiating deals for them because she's... She's got that charming southern accent, you know, that yeah. so many people love to hear. Yeah. And uh that's really really cool. It's it's amazing to me, isn't it? Hein, yeah. where you can you can run a business like this doing five deals a month on average, making about an average of 7 to 8,000 dollars per deal from a laptop and a cell phone. Yes. Yes, and we're doing our Monday morning meetings in four different time zones. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> that's amazing what are what are some of your favorite tools that you use Heim? I use this so Podio is number one up there uh, I do use CallRail for just calling and texting uh-huh. uh, I do use Skype to communicate with my team and sharing the screen uh, feature it's, it's huge um, I do like CUDA sign to sign contracts and email sign contracts um, what else I do like a uh, Screencast-O-Matic for all the training that I do for my team. <laughs> I love that. Do you, do you use Slack at all? I don't. What is that? Oh, you should look at Slack. It's amazing. I love S S L A C K. yes. C-K. I love Slack. That? It's a communication tool. It basically has replaced email on my team and mm-hmm. any instant messaging. Slack allows you to create channels. For okay. different types of topics in your business, okay. you can invite certain team members into certain channels, so not everybody gets everything. Okay, and then you can do simple direct messages back and forth to each other. But the uh, it's very mobile friendly, so it, I use it all the time on my iPhone, on my Mac, or PC. It doesn't matter. You can use it on Androids as well. It's a it's it's wonderful because you can keep your conversations inside of the channels. And when you are emailing back and forth or just instant messaging back and forth with people, it's so easy to get lost and scattered and, you know, you just get confused on where if somebody sends me something, I know how to find it really easily. And the notifications are real good. It's kind of like a combination of text messaging, instant messaging, email, all together in Slack and it's just really, really good for teams. For, for you got to check out Slack. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out now, especially now in different markets. So a lot of topics yes. don't apply to all of the team members. Right, right. So you can create a channel for Memphis deals, another channel for um, Louisiana deals, and then you could even create channels inside of that 
where your team, like your VAs, can communicate with each other. Okay. Um, or your local, t- your local wholesaler, and you just have access to one channel. Okay. Uh, it's, I love it. It's, okay. Definitely check it out. Cool. So, um, let's see. I wanted to ask you about. Do you have? Yeah. What What do you do? What does a typical day look like for you, Heim? Typical day look for me. Uh, I wake up early before my kids uh, go to school. So usually around five thirty. Uh, so I have like two solid two hours of work uh, of either recording new tasks for my team or generating um, marketing campaigns. Uh, when the kids wake up, I just spend an hour with them, take them to school, uh, come back and just work another two hours, just have lunch with my wife or go to work out. Um, just work another two hours in the afternoon until the kids come home and spend time with the kids and um, until they go to bed and just work a little bit more in the at night. And that's pretty much, you know, just working on my own term uh, whenever I want to and spending time with the kids, which for me, this is, was the main reason that I decided to, to quit my nine to five job so I can spend more time with my kids and my family uh, and travel more. So that's pretty much a typical day for me. Very good. And when did you say you quit? It was recently, right? Uh, officially, it was September of 2015. Nice. Good, yeah. good. And what were you doing before? Uh, I was director of security for the Jewish Community Center uh, of San Francisco. So I was in the physical security field. Wow, okay. Yeah. And you, um, I'm sure that in some ways that's a risky, dangerous job. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, it's one of the biggest Jewish institutions in, in the country. And uh, San Francisco, it's, it's, a, it's a big city. It's a major, major city in, in the U.S. So, uh, but I loved it. I loved every minute of it, but it was just time for me to move on and yeah. creating something special for me and my family. You know, there's a Jewish community center not too far from my house. And um, I'm not Jewish, but they uh, have an incredible gym mm-hmm. inside and yeah. swimming pools. And I didn't know this, and one of my friends who goes to my church said that uh, anybody can join, actually. Yeah. And uh, the cool thing about it is it's not a lot of people know that, and you can go there, and there's, there's never a ton of people like you would get at a typical uh, gym. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was interesting. I drove by it the other day, and I'm thinking about going there and seeing if I can join. Yeah. But I didn't know that. I thought you had to be Jewish to... Um, and maybe that's just, it's, it's specific to each region. I'm not sure. Um, uh, the majority of the JCCs are welcoming everyone. So yeah. uh, the vast majority, maybe there's one or two that is not, but they'll eventually will get there. Uh, but especially in San Francisco, which is very liberal place, everybody are welcome. Uh, nice. To join. It's a, it's a really incredibly nice facility. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. Um, Okay, so I want one more question for you, Haim. You've been sure. gracious with your time. Sure, sure. Appreciate it. If you had to start all over again, um, and you, you know, you lost everything for uh, some—that uh, sounds mm-hmm. horrible—but let's say you okay. had, you, you had to start all over again. You lost everything, uh, and you had to start all over again in a new market. Mm-hmm. Um, and you didn't have a ton of money. You had a little bit of marketing money, a little bit of money. What would you start doing to start making money in real estate again? I think I, I would have to invest in some type of, of training. Um, and again, wherever you choose, there's a lot of good training out, out there just to give you the, the blueprints. And for me, the biggest change was just to invest in a virtual assistant, not necessarily in, in marketing money. A lot of people say that you have to put some money into marketing, uh, but the VA can do marketing and other tasks. So you can leverage your time better, in my opinion, hiring a VA. Yeah, and just just take a lot of actions and make a lot of mistakes. Again, my biggest mistake was just like for a year, I was just buying courses and and try to make everything perfect. Thought that I need to know everything, and it was a huge mistake. Um, just to take massive actions, make a lot of mistakes early on, and hire sooner. I guess that was my yeah. Hire sooner because you, you, you just can't do 
there is a limit to your time. Um, and even if you you have to pay people, which is, again, sometimes it sucks, but you can do so much more when you leverage other people's time and skills. All right, so what would you, what were some of the things you'd have them do? And what would you be doing as well? This is if I'm starting or this is what my team do now? No, if you were starting all over again. I would just have them make phone calls uh, to agents all day, all day. Just give them a, a, a goal to speak with 30 agents per day. Tell them what we do, what we need, and gather their email address. Uh, that would be for agents because agents can bring you deals and also can find new buyers. So that would be one huge task to do, just building a list, a virtual assistant to build a list of agents. Sending offers, it's the number two. Just make offers. Even if you, again, I have 98%, 99% rejection uh, rate. Uh, and you just need to, to get used to rejections early on. Yes. And to be numb for rejections. And, and just saving money for marketing because that's the other step that will take you to the next level is just being consistent with marketing. So um, that's, that will be my, my two, just hire VA to speak with sellers uh, and to speak with agents and, and save money to do direct mail. Excellent. So you, um, I'm just a little curious about the, the questions you have your VAs ask the realtors. Is it more along the lines of just introducing who you are and do you have any deals? Do you have any buyers? In, initially, it's to bring you deals. Again, I, I feel, especially in the market, you, you need deals first. So to let them know what, what you're looking for, that you are, um, you, are, you are a cash buyer and you work with a lot of cash buyers. We need deals in these zip codes. And to make our numbers work, we need to be at X percent of uh, after repair value. And we... And again, with agents, you just you have to throw that we will we don't work with an agent, so we need you to write the offers on our behalf and get both sides of the commission. That usually get their attention. Um, and when you close with an agent that got both sides of the commission, the pocket listings will come will start to come to you because they know that you are a real buyer. You can close, and they can get more commission working with you. Excellent. Uh, so that's huge tip, but you need to close and to show them that you can close, uh, and and then they will just bring you deals all the time. Very good. Well, good, Heim. I appreciate you taking the time. No problem. It was fun. You know, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, do you have a Twitter handle, an email address? If I do have, again, Twitter. It's H Mamane H-M-A-M-A-N-E. And I'm just started a, a page on Facebook, the virtual wholesaler guy, uh, when I, I just share tips uh, and, and secrets and how I do deals and sharing case studies of virtual deals. And this is also a good place to find me, the virtual wholesaler guy page on Facebook. So it's the virtual wholesaler yes. guy? Yes. Awesome. Is it a group? Uh, it's more, it's a page. Okay. It's a group. I'm looking it up right now. I find it. 2,200 people talking about it. Yeah. It's, again, just shared very cool, cool tips. So people like it, so I am just keep sharing it. Um, so people can see that it's real, it's doable, it's, um, and it's fun when you start to do deals. And especially if you want the lifestyle of traveling and having more time with the family, it's, um, it's, it's reality for me. So I want to share it with others to enjoy this lifestyle. Very good, man. Awesome. Well, thanks, Haim. I appreciate you taking the time. And guys, again, if you want to reach out to Haim, his Twitter is H-M-A-M-A-N-E. I knew it was safe to ask you for your Twitter handle because <laughs> yeah. you live in San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably better to reach you with Twitter than it is with email. Am I right? Both. Email is fine, but right now, again, Facebook, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very active on Facebook uh, so you can find me there as well. It's it's Haim Amane, H-A-I-M-M-A-M-A-N-E. Good, good, good. And uh, Facebook, The Virtual Wholesaler Guy. And yeah. I'm on there right now. I just liked your page. It looks really good. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Haim. Appreciate it. All right. Thank it. you, Joe. Thank you.
Hey guys, if you want more information, you want the show notes and you want to get those links we just talked about, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com and look up the show. It's there. You'll see it. Heim, if you want to do the search bar, if you're listening to this a long ways down the road, mm-hmm. uh, go to the search bar and just do a search for Heim, H-A-I-M, and you'll see our podcast interview. Again, realestateinvestingmastery.com. Check it out. Get our Fast Cash Survival Kit and leave us a review in iTunes, please. If you like the show, even if you don't, let us know about it. Go to iTunes, leave us a review, subscribe. We'd appreciate it. And let me tell you one more thing too, guys. I've talked about it on previous episodes. Uh, my favorite podcasting app is called Pocket Casts. And I'm, this isn't sponsored by Pocket Cast or anything. I just think it's a great app. And check it out on Android or iPhone or Windows phones or whatever, even on your browser. Look up Pocket Casts, C-A-S-T-S, Casts. It's a great podcast app, and I think you'll like it. It's a great, fun way to listen to podcasts because there's so many good ones out there, like this one. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. See you later. Take care.